Good afternoon and welcome to The Soul Shop. I am your host, Phyllis King, and today we have something very special, a little bit different as how we go about looking at empowerment and leadership and spirituality. I have a very special guest, Alexia Maloki, who is the host of The Heart of Show Business, and boy is she. She is a global force, an effervescent, incredible powerhouse of a human being. And she's going to talk to us all about the entertainment business, what it's been like for her. She's been part of Little Studio Films, which has done an enormous number of wonderful projects. And I can't begin to really go over her resume because it'll take the entire show. But let's just say we really have someone with depth and range here to talk about Hollywood, which is so interesting to all of us. We sort of look in from the outside and say, hmm, could that be me or should I get into it? But I think we're just fascinated with the creative essence of Hollywood and all of that. Um, but Alexia has so many other points of view that she can color in for us in this process. So without further ado, welcome Alexia. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Phyllis, and I can't wait to have you into mine as well. You know, we we always have such inspiring conversation about life and the That's arts nice. and making a difference in the world. And, you know, yes, it's true. You know, I have a very extensive, you know, list of credits in the film business. This is really my jam. This is what I felt like I was called into, you know, to be a super connector, to be somebody that I like to call myself a unifier. I like to unify the worlds and I like to unify um, people and uh, and the content, you know, and that's really what my jam is, you know, and I feel that the arts is the best way for me to express myself this way. But I really do believe that in Hollywood, as in life, as in business, you know, it's always, there has to be a convergence between business mindset and creativity, right? You don't have to be a writer or a director or a producer to be creative. You can be creating the script of your life. You'll be creating the script of, you know, the type of world that you want to be part of. So I really believe that this conversation, which is, I'm so glad and thrilled that we are here in the soul shop, on this amazing channel by you, Phyllis, is that we can talk about creativity in a way broader way than just like, well, what's it like to be in Hollywood? Of course, I'll be more than happy to give tips and all that for you and your uh, listeners and your viewers. But really, it's about how can I bring my talents and my gifts to the world and how can I express them in the best way possible as to bring about change in myself, right, in the awareness of the planet, and to my fellow humans, because we're always growing, right, Phyllis, there is never a time where we're not growing, we're either, you know, restricting, or we're expanding. And I'm a big advocate of finding a way to expand myself. And you've witnessed a lot of my own personal journey. So mm -hmm. I, I have to give you a little bit of credit, because you've brought me into I was already searching for answers and I've already done a lot of work on myself, you know, obviously, which is why I'm successful in my field. But you really helped me in so many ways um, understand more what my calling was and, and really get clearer on it. So thank you for that, Phyllis. It's been incredible to have you in my life. Seriously. Wow. 
Thank you, Alexa. That's very kind of you to say so. You know, there's so much for you to offer um, today, but would you mind, would it be too much to ask for you to give us a little insight into your evolution, how you got into the business? And I know your mom is, is in it as well, or was in it. As, how did you guys, how did this become an inspiration where you said, yes, we're diving in? Was it really a calling or how did that come to be for you? Honestly, Phyllis, I think it was chance. Um, but at the same time, is there really such thing as chance or is it really destiny? You know, um, preface, I was super shy and insecure as a child. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yes, I was like the shy. I was always thinking somebody had it out for me. Um, I was always bullied because I was smart. And then people were telling me that I shouldn't show off. And they thought that because I was kind of, I was very eager, right? To kind of like say, hey, I know the answer to this, you know, in school or whatever. And uh, people bullied me for it. And they're like, who do you think you are? You got to step down from your pedestal. And so I really was incredibly, insecure, um, incredibly introverted um, into my world. And, and so who would have thunk it? I mean, to me, you're the epitome of the social butterfly, the connector, the unifier, putting people together. You're the ultimate negotiate. I don't, I, it's, it's so, wow, what a transformation. Yeah, yeah, I was really always in my head, you know, I did know that I was expressing my freedom, my emotional freedom and my spiritual freedom through the arts. I loved everything that arts was, but, and many people said to me, well, you know, why aren't you, you know, cause you have such a wide range of emotions. I'm somebody who can like start sobbing like some crazy person and then be super hype and just go from that, you know, state of mind to the other in 30 seconds or less. And so people were like, well, you should be an actress. And then I'm like, I don't want to be an actress because again, I was so afraid of rejection. that <laughs> I'm like, why would you want me to be an actress and re get rejected every day? So it was, it was always gravitating in my space, but it just, it just happened that like I was 18 years old and I was going to still in high school and, you know, my mom was friends with this big producer and distributor. We went to lunch and he says to me, do you want to make some extra money? Because I speak six languages and, and obviously there was a way for me to sort of, I wanted to be a translator and interpreter for the UN. That really what, what I thought, like politics and all that. And then they just like, well, you know, um, there's this thing called the American film market. Do you want to make some extra money? It was like, I guess, spring break. It was my last senior year. And I'm like, he'll give you something like 50 bucks a day. We're talking like 1989. And that was a lot of money for me. And I said, yes. And that's really how it happened. You know, I found myself screening movies with this Italian distributor who didn't speak a word of English. And I was like, I love this. I oh. love the fact that there's people buying this stuff. It's not incredible. Just films so it just happened and then he said to me do you want to represent me um like I was like like I'll pay you money to like do this all year long and then I met some other people there I met some Greeks because they knew my mom and my mom started speaking to them because of course I didn't have a car so she used to drive me there and wait for me in the lobby while I was being a good girl and earning my 50 dollars and and that's how it all started we started our company together and we started selling movies worldwide. I was barely 19 years old when I did my first Cannes Film Festival. Oh my and 
yeah. And I was thrown into this world. And all of a sudden, I realized I was actually charming. Oh. <laughs> and I could sell things based on me vouching for things. I was like, I can say this is a great movie if people believed me. So wow. Was, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Incredible. That's how it all started. So so you're over in Europe and you're getting on the job training and you find out you you thrived, obviously, you just grew into yourself. At what point did you come into the United States and how did it transfer overseas and all of that? I was actually already in America. Like I was going to high school in America. Yeah, because I moved here when I was 15. So I was like, literally, I did my junior year and my senior year in America. So I was already here. And so that was kind of like an interesting thing for me to transition and I remember and I talked about this in my podcast I remember life is so weird how it's full circle like I used to be a kid and watch happy days and Dallas and dynasty and all those shows and I was dreaming about you know cap and gown and you know going to prom and talk about the power of putting things in writing as far as your dreams are I I literally it was maybe five years when I was into being in the United States that I opened up my diaries when I was 14 years old and the diary said I swear to you it was the most bizarre thing biggest dream to go to America forever I didn't even know why I wrote that I didn't know where I was gonna live and two years later here I was in America going to high school and then working in the movie business oh my goodness it's it's amazing how life just unfolds in its own way. But I I know that one part of your career you represented talent and you poured your heart out to people. I mean, you have bled in the streets for people. You have really fed people. You know, you've washed their hair probably. I don't know. Was that something you enjoyed, or where did that fit in in terms of your uh, career? I did like doing that. I mean, because when you start selling movies and you're seeing that they're becoming profitable, then you're going, wait a minute, you know, I can find, I can be a champion of artists. I can find my own artists that I really, really believe in and help them take their career to the next level. Because here I am by now, you know, five or six or seven years later, you know, being, you know, close to like, what, 28, 27, 28. And I know so many people around the world. Why don't I find those voices and those storytellers? And I champion them. And so that started becoming a fun thing at the beginning. Um, But and you and I, I think, have gone through that phase because I work with you then, is that it, it, it was great. And I made a lot of careers and I helped people get through the things. I started giving them mindset. Sorry about that. I started giving them mindset tricks because I'm a big, you know, having my own spiritual journey on it. But then I was feeling drained at the same time. And I think that's something that many people do, you know, there's sort of when you are, when you've been bullied, and you've been shy, and then all of a sudden, you're going into the spotlight, you're going to be a fun, like said, social butterfly, super connector, um, you're not really mindful of your boundaries. And because, you know, you either had them super strong at the beginning and then all of a sudden those boundaries go away and then you're letting everyone in and you're loving it and you're like, oh, social butterfly. But then you get to attract the energy suckers. And and then 
it, it started really going south for me. I'm not going to lie. Like I, in the, in the appearance, I was doing great and I was happy, but there was a side of me, like the dark side of me where I was like, but what about me? What about my calling? What about my dreams? Am I supposed to realize them through others? Or can I have my own dreams yes. and my own callings? And so that obviously the result of no boundaries and over openness, of course, you know, bad marriage, you've lived a lot of it with me and all of that, because I didn't know I was like a lucky manifester. And then I was a super connector, but I had no idea what my boundaries were. And like, when is the time to say no um, for self-preservation? so that you could continue to do great work. And that was, that was kind of like my, you know, dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. which I had, you know, at 40. So. Yes, <laughs> but, and, but now you are somewhat of an influencer, I would say, but you also have the heart of show business podcast, which couldn't be a better name for you and dispensing your information and talking to people. I think that's so perfect. I'm I'm really being more of a a teacher and a mentor. Is that really the role you see yourself in at this point? It's interesting because you, you call that about me, like you and I, when we first had our like reading and I wrote your book and, and it was like, how can I continue producing? Because of course I love doing that. I've loved seeing the vision of something that could be, but how could I also have a way, because I know when people, when I speak at conferences, people go, oh my God, I feel so good being in your space. I, I have hope. I have, um, you can give me strategies on how to make me stronger. How can I use that for my own personal branding? And that's when I really launched my podcast. It was a little bit self-serving in the sense that it was an uplift for me to teach and educate by bringing great people like you do on your show um, who can inspire, uplift and educate. But it also it's a way for me, I give back. But then at the same time, I'm building a brand and I'm building a business. I'm not going to lie. I am, you know, getting invited on, on, on world stages. And I am, you know, in the process of writing a book, which is a long time coming, but it is going to come out. Um, And so, and I'm feeling that that's something that I truly, really love and feeds my heart. And it's about me. I'm still helping others. Mm-hmm. but it is about me. I feel it has to be about me mm-hmm. um, in this phase of my life. And I think maybe Oprah went through it too. When she turned 50, she's like, okay, what can I do? By the way, <laughs> how do people find your podcast? How do we listen to that? My podcast is everywhere. All you have to do is go on the heartofshowbusiness.com, but literally you can list, that's the official website page. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review if you feel so inclined. If you want to hear about some great trailblazers, I'm going to have you fill this on because I've had also authors and I've had uh, spiritual teachers because I feel artists need to have also that element, the mindset element to stay sane. Look at me. I needed that in order to stay sane. So they can find me everywhere. They can find me on iTunes. They can find me on Audible, uh, Google, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. I'm like literally distributed everywhere where you have a favorite podcast player so and and so are you just pulling from the people you know how do you who are your guests are they actors or spiritual people who who are your guests well um 
I started it during the pandemic and obviously there was a lot of people who were out of work. So I decided <laughs> so I had a lot of friends like in the industry, like well-known directors and writers and producers oh, and actors who I had either worked with or I was planning to work with or I knew. And I just called them up and say, you want to come on board? We're going to have, a, you know, a conversation just like this one. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'll do it. And um, they all said yes. <laughs> and they continue to say yes. yes. And, and, and I think I love what you said. Let's not talk about Will Smith and let's talk about the A-listers because the people that I have on my podcast are accomplished artists mm. who you can look them up and they have credits but they're not the superstar they're not going to be the person who's going to be me 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 oh whatever like I want people to know that an artist can be somebody whose voice is quiet enough to create change and they don't have to be the ones who are only working on hundred million dollar movies and you right. know walking those red carpets they can be right. people who you go oh my gosh I didn't know I didn't know this director had this personal life journey and I didn't know I, what it's like to be right. behind there directing Joaquin Phoenix. So what it's like to be on, you know, Magic City, the TV show doing production design. I want people to know the craft of filmmaking yes. because it's not just the celebrities. Yes. Know? Well, and that's what we think. We think it's just celebrities. But Tell us a little bit. It seems like ever since the Harvey Weinstein set off the Me Too movement, Hollywood has really changed just from an outsider's point of view. I know nothing about Hollywood, really, but it just seems like everything has shifted to being, I don't know. What is it? I mean, is Hollywood still real? I mean, is it still growing and becoming some? What is it these days? Is it just superhero movies? What is it? I love this question. Is Hollywood still real? Um, <laughs> You would think that after the pandemic, people would have had a little bit of a shift. Um, not so much in oh. many ways. I mean, I don't think there's still not enough space for women storytellers to tell the stories. There's still the boys club. I'm, I'm in it myself, you know, as I continue to produce and consult for distribution stuff and whatever. However, at the same time, what I love is that the world has opened up. So storytelling has become more meaningful than the celebrities. And yes, of course, yeah, there's the people who always want to do the superhero movies. That's kind of like a formula for the studios. But look at Netflix and look at Amazon, look at all those great streaming platforms. Yes. And you're seeing, oh my God, here is like this movie done by like, or the series done by Spanish, um, yes. German, Italian. Yes. You don't even think about that anymore. You're just enjoying the story. And I think this is an exciting time for us because people are craving connection. And that's kind of like why everybody was binging on the streaming and going, Oh my God, have you seen the story from like Mexico? And people would never talk about that before. They're like foreign language. Ugh, who cares? Like if Will Smith yes. is not, why should I watch? Right. <laughs> talk about Will Smith right now. It's like, <laughs> but that's, so that's the exciting part. I think, is it still difficult and hard Phyllis? It is, which is why I'm a fierce advocate of working your connections and working the human level of networking and also having your mind right. You've got to work on yourself because if you don't, you're going to fall prey to so much. I mean, there's still backstabbing. There's still 
people you the, all of that is still there it's not Hollywood is not clean let's put it okay <laughs> all right yeah. So how yeah. does somebody know, you know, whether they're a writer or they're going to produce, whatever they're, they're leaning, how do they know if they're right, if they should do it or not? What's, is there a signals? Is there a way they should know that they should come and do it or move to Hollywood? Or do you have to be in Hollywood to be successful or? You don't have to be in Hollywood to be successful. You just have to have a story to tell and you have to have a very clear why. Um, whenever I'm teaching my master classes, I teach pitch like a pro because, you know, there is there's people who think that pitching is really about, you know, writing a good script or knowing a good good, uh, good log line. Um, I teach my three C's, you know, which is, you know, clarity, content, connection, you know, clarity. You have to be really clear about who you are, what your values are, what you stand for. Don't follow just because, hey, everybody's making a superhero movie. I'm going to make one. Do you have a voice? Do you have something to say? And what is the best way for you to express it? Could it be a book? Because you're like, you write books. Could it be a book? Could it be a speaking engagement? Could it be a script for a movie? Could it be a series? Um, and then, of course, content, which means you got to teach. You can be, I mean, you got to learn from the best because you can be like, say, I'm going to be a doctor and hey, I'm going to have a practice in Beverly Hills and everybody's going to come and see me. No, you have to go to medical school right you have to spend money you have to learn and then you have to do your thing in the hospital for three years and for free basically so that you can then and then you have to build your clientele so that's why i call clarity content and connection I content see. can be education obviously um and the values of why your story is relevant and then the connection part is like marketing and sales and knowing how to behave inside a room when you're pitching your project or you're pitching yourself in anything in life, you have to know how to do that. And I think it applies in every area of business, not just, you know, show business, but also dating, romance, financial, you have to know your three C's. So that's what I teach in my um, pitch like a pro masterclasses. I'm going to be doing one in Utah um, in June, I mean, oh. I'm part of this. Yeah, I'm part of this Hane Saga storytelling conference. Again, living the dream of being a speaker, and uh, I'm going to be speaking with a lot of industry pros. We're going to be in Utah with teaching people a lot of things, and one of the things that I'm going to be teaching is how to pitch like a pro. So there you go. That sounds like an amazing opportunity. Is oh, that's incredible. I just know so many of my clients. And I had a radio show in LA for a very long time. That's why I have so many people in who like acting and all that. They may have talent, but what is what's the mistake? They think they're going to get discovered. So this is really baseline. But people, do people actually get discovered? No, <laughs> anymore? that just doesn't have. That's like a fantasy that you see in the movies, right? <laughs> everybody, everybody who makes it is a thirty-year overnight success. I got it. <laughs> you know, I got they, it. They think it's like, oh, great! I'm going to get off the bus and I'm going to be discovered. I mean, or I'm going to have a lot of followers on Instagram and I'm going to like be a TikToker or a YouTuber or you know an Instagrammer and have five million right. people. Yes, unless you're the Kardashians, but that's like you know everybody wants to be a Kardashian, but that's really not going to make it. Yes, do people look at those things? Do people look at the social media? They do, um, 
so be careful of how you represent yourself, because if you want to be a serious dramatic actor or you want to be a serious writer, they certainly don't want to see you on a table drunk, you know, partying. <laughs> That's really not going to be good for your image, you know. So you got to be careful about how you're leveraging. But ultimately, you know, people they want storytellers. So if you're an artist and you want to do that and that's your dream, by all means do that. Just know that it's not easy and you're going to have to spend a lot of money, invest money, and maybe also have a side gig while you're doing that. You know, it's not going to be- You really have to make it happen for yourself and make connections and continue to work your craft. And it takes, it takes time unless you, it's a, it's the rare person who it doesn't take a lot of time. Yeah. And it could be, like I said, it could be where you're working your connection angle. That's really where you get your opportunity. That's why I say it's okay because maybe you're talking to the right people. You're in a, you know, if it's your destiny, I mean, look at me. I mean, I said it was luck, but clearly it was destiny. Mm-hmm. It happened. I wasn't, but then I work hard at it, Phyllis. Yes, you know that. You must certainly. I work do. like, yes. It's not like I go, oh yeah, sometimes it takes me 10 years to get a movie made and, and, and I'm going into debt and I'm like, you know, using my credit cards or, or whatever. But then now, because I've learned it, I have the luxury to also be able, when people want to get my advice, they have to pay me for it because, okay. hey, I've done it for 30 years now. So right. I need to give value to myself. And if you yeah. want me to teach you, then just like you, when people want to work with you one-on-one, you have to pay me so that I can show you the best way, the best path forward. Right. Um, and hopefully they will be at the same level at some point, but you got to start from somewhere. I, I vacuumed in offices. I worked in an office, you know, as an intern to learn about selling and I was vacuuming. I was answering the phones. I was sending <laughs> taxes out, <laughs> you know, I have to. Yeah. Well, and see, this is one of the most beautiful parts of your metamorphosis to me uh, is that you've really become so conscious about how you affect the world, women's empowerment and leadership. I mean, you're on the board at Eden Magazine, which really is an advocacy for animal rights and other things. So talk a little bit about that and why that's so important and what your role is in that as you see it. I, I love writing for the Eden magazine and I love connecting people. I'm so glad you're such a great vital contributor. I love all your articles, Phyllis, by the way. I'm sure Miriam is just thrilled to have you. And, you know, it just it just happened that I met Miriam through a friend of mine. That's the editor and publisher. And and I was like, you know what? I want to talk about artists and I want to talk about what they do to change the world. And I said, maybe I should write something, you know, once a month and, and talk about me going to the festivals or talking about some angle, you know, whether it's climate change, some movie about climate change, or maybe it's someone who's doing something we did. I did a piece about like the fires in Malibu and there was a daughter of this mega producer who was basically saving the animals and she was driving around to get the horses out. And I'm like, I want to show that Hollywood is not just obnoxious and self-serving, that there's people who really do something. And, and so I started writing those articles and, um, I love doing that. Now, of course, I got so busy with my own podcast, with everything that I haven't been able to write as frequently. But, you know, because of my contribution, I do videos, I do, I go and help, you know, animal advocacy, and I bring in celebrities sometimes 
for the cover of Eden magazine. You know, I brought my good friend Blair Underwood on it and stuff like that. And I love, I love being part of the Eden magazine as you do, because, you know, we're all doing it for the kindness of our heart and we believe in the mission. People need to pick up that thing and go through a hundred pages of inspiration um, and that's what I love doing and I'll continue doing it, you know, and if it's a way for me to save animals, yes. I'm a happy girl, you know. Yes. yes, we all love the animals, most definitely. And I really enjoyed that almost all the people that grace the cover of Eden, they're, they're advocates of some sort themselves. So it's really a, a congruent uh, uh, piece of work that you're reading and feeling. It's very authentic. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you're doing this show. Um, yeah. I think it's so needed. It's Thank so needed. You. Thank you. And again, she's not paying me for it, but everybody reads her books and everybody do one-on-one -on -one stuff with Phyllis. She's really good. <laughs> Thank, you. I, Thank you. Thank you. So I mean, so yeah, I just want to touch back for a minute because you talked about Hollywood kind of being still on an all boys club, essentially. Are there ways for women, uh, are women supportive of one another? Do you find that there are groups or communities within the community where women can find sustenance and support? Um, good question. I was recently a speaker in a women in entertainment panel for filming in Italy. And one of the things that I said, and it's kind of sad that we talk about toxic masculinity a lot, but there's also toxic femininity, believe it or not. And so women, because I think the jobs are so far in between for women, sometimes instead of lifting each other up, they see each other as competition. And I'm trying to change that narrative because there's really room for everybody, you know? And if women don't band together and help one another, um, then how the hell are we gonna bring about change? You know, there is so many women who feel they need to become like men and they need to be bitchy and have that male energy in the room, um, sort of like very hungry. I'm gonna step on dead bodies if I need to. I'm gonna be super compact why women have a gift. We have the gift of unifying the world. We're, you know, we're mothers of some sorts, whether they're mothers of creativity to mothers of children, to mothers of storytelling of animals. We have this natural nurturing thing that we, we can use that to our advantage. And this is something, let's embrace our womanhood. And it's not about as I was saying in this panel, it's not about whether you're gonna wear a short skirt or you're gonna wear lips. Yes, of course, look good, be feminine and all that, but it's really like, what are the things that women bring? Would there be a war today if the women were in power in those countries? I don't think so, right? No, I don't think so. There'd be a lot of ice cream. <laughs> so- yeah. Another just, uh, this is sort of circling back to the bigger picture. Uh, a friend of mine I was talking to over the weekend was just referencing, he's black and he was just saying how great it felt <clears throat> to witness the Oscars and see all that color. It just really yes. warmed him up, you know, and sort of the incident that overshadowed a lot of that. But is any of that happening? I mean, we saw Amy Schumer and Regina Hall and I'm forgetting, Wanda Sykes. Wanda Sykes. I mean, that's at least there. It seems like there's an effort being made towards inclusiveness. 
There is. I think I think it is changing. I think people are are being more open. What I don't like is when people now there is a reverse of it where really really good writers who may not be in the BIPOC community, which is you know black indigenous people of color, um, you know don't get hired so that there can be room for that. I think there still should be a meritocracy in Hollywood. So if you're damn good at what you do, whether you are Latinx, whether you're BIPOC, whether you're Caucasian, whether you're trans, LGBT, I don't care, you know, but give the job to the best person in the room. And so I think it's gone a little bit to the other side where it's like, oh, let's show that we are all opening up. But don't do that and then alienate other people out of that. So I think it's happening, but sometimes extreme, a little bit like when it happened with the Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement, where like all of a sudden it's like, oh, men are evil. Um, okay, let's not push it. Men are yeah. lovely too, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, let's see. I've got a, Olivia has a question for you. So what's the name of the conference you're speaking at again? And where is it? And is there a website or anything people can visit? Oh, yes. Uh, it's hanesaga.com. And uh, it's actually in Kanab, Utah. It's in a magical, magical place in the middle of nowhere. There's going to be some major, major players from Netflix and HarperCollins publishers and everything. And, and it's very intimate and it's, it's magical. It's in the desert. It's in the middle of nowhere. We're going to be like going and having picnics in the pink dunes and gazing at the stars and having like the natives give us ceremonies. So it's going to be like a really intimate place. And yes, there's still early bird tickets. I don't know if you want me to promote, but there's still early bird tickets if people want to go and have that one-on-one experience with like trailblazers and just meet people and make friends. You know, Phyllis, you should come. Like literally it's beautiful. I um, I like that. It's not a film market per se, but it's, yes, it's called hanesaga.com and it's all about storytelling, you know? So there's going to be author H-A-N-E, S-A-G-A, HaneSaga.com. Oh, okay, and it's got in it. Kanab. And it's like literally like, I mean, they shot Westworld there. I went into this place. Oh, and for me, animal lover, they yeah. have the number one sanctuary for animals in all of the United States, which is Best Friends, oh. which were featured in the Eden Magazine. I did a little video last year when I went and I put it on, on the Eden side. So you get to see sanctuary, you get to see the natives, you get to see history, you get to go see those canyons with all those, you know, like prints from aliens or other races, I do not know. Um, you, it's just magical. So yeah, so I'm excited. Yes. Um, Katrina, I see you're out there. Is there anything you want to ask Alexia or say in our remaining moments here to, to listen and take in every little morsel? Hi, no, it's just great to see you again, Alexis. And um, this is this is great. Um, I'm glad to see you out there making a difference and making an impact. Love it. Thank you, my friend. Well, I look forward to seeing you. I mean, I you know, I I I just I just love how you're connecting everybody, Phyllis. You know, I connected with Virginia as well, thanks to you. Yeah. Uh, having the founder of Creators Legal on my podcast too, you know, because Virginia works there. So yeah, it's great to see you. And again, you know, um, you know, it's not here to promote anything, but because, you know, for anybody who's an artist and wants to kind of be in, in a setting with, 
really good people, really good industry pros who really give with their hearts. Definitely, you should check that out if you want to make so, the drive. And um, I don't know if you recall, but Olivia has a uh, um, starwalkers.org. It's that nonprofit for walking. Oh, yes. Would yes. be something for her to, that would be good for her or? I think so. I think that, you know, she should, yeah, I should definitely connect you with Heidi because, you know, I should definitely connect you because we're doing so many great things there with, you know, we're going to be having extracurricular activities, you know, and Katrina, you should come too. I know you're no longer on the thing, but you should come check it out. Everybody come. You come. Everybody go to. Sounds amazing. It sounds so much fun. I'm checking it out now. So yeah, me too. I want to come. You should come. It's so amazing. Oh my God. We're going to have so much fun. Um, I'm bringing a lot of our people that we know. Of, of so. course you are connecting everyone as you always do. Oh. Well, the podcast is the heart of show business and it couldn't be better named and more suited to you, to who you are. Just a big heart out there and making the life, the world a better place. Um, thank you so much for taking time to be here today, Alexia. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And again, you know, um, keep dreaming, you know, keep dreaming the dream. And uh, there is always a place for all of us to bring about change, you know, could be even an article or a blog that you put on LinkedIn, and it could change your life and it could change the life of another person. Mm -hmm. So um, don't ever think it's just the movies, it's just Hollywood, it's get an Oscar. If you can bring about change by telling your story in some way or manner, uh, tell your story because there's people there who go, oh my God, I don't feel so alone anymore, you know? And that's really what we ultimately seek is, is to feel like we're not alone and there's someone out there who gets us, right? So, so hopefully true. that was helpful for everybody. And again, thank you for having me. Yes, I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.